0: Hello, Maverick fans. It's podcast time in Omaha. Welcome to the Puck cast. Hi, John. Hey, Jason. What's How going you on?
1: I'm just waiting for the Arctic plunge that's about to descend on Omaha.
0: Yeah, I know. I looked, it was like a quarter of an inch, and then it was a trace, and then it was like a half an inch, and now they're talking like two inches. I'm like, oh gosh, we're going to go through this again. I'm going to record a podcast, it's going to snow a foot. Since
1: we're recording the podcast, I'm honestly kind of shocked that it didn't, you know, snow today.
0: So we have to make this the fastest episode ever. The so fastest episode I can get here. home.
1: Bridget's like, Bridget's like, I hope you get home before the snow. And I'm like, when's it going to snow? And she's like, nine o'clock. And I'm like, I'm getting out there at four o'clock to record this. She's like, I know how this goes. You guys spend at least, you know, an hour ahead of time talking about topics that never appear on the show. So I was talking to Jason before this. We need to record that. And then, we, you, know, for our, you know, for our donors and sponsors someday when we have that, they can listen to us chat about all the other, you know you and o hockey related stuff that doesn't make the podcast watch for our patreon account <laughs> watch for our patreon accounts
0: please donate and not make us so poor so we can afford stuff like hockey tickets okay let's talk about the badgers how about that
1: the badgers coming to town to take on our mavericks
0: i was right Just got to point that out. I'm not right very often. That we split? I was right. Not only was I right that we split, but I was right on which nights we split.
1: I'll tell you what, dude. They very, very... I don't know if easily is the right word, but they could have swept that series. You and I.
0: I honestly thought... and I don't know. I'm sure people will berate me in comment sections, but I thought they played better Friday night than they played Saturday night, but we lost on Friday and won on Saturday, so...
1: You hockey. know you know, a couple bounces here, a couple of posts there. Oh, they and they would have won that game, yeah.
0: Prime opportunities on Friday. Scanlon oh, had like a dozen, it oh, seemed yeah. like he had, a, he
1: had a, a bunch of terrific shots. He unfortunately
0: kinda had that like with Keck being out, he had that Keck syndrome, I guess. He caught Like that. the poor oh, guy's just like so doing everything right and then yeah. just
1: couldn't put it in the back of the net. Oh yeah yeah he's a great offensive defenseman
0: yeah as the season goes that along shot, he's really yeah. going to develop well yeah for for those who couldn't make the game we'll set the stage it was kind of an OV-esque kind of setup in that he would just kind of camp out on that offside from the puck and right. the you know in that face-off circle and then just kind of wait for I think Weis gave him a couple yeah um, long cross seams that <clears throat> he wanted to one time and when of went off the post, I think he just totally missed on another one. Um, so he had he had some good opportunities, unfortunately, he just couldn't find it. And I mean, it was a five-two decision in favor of the Badgers on yeah, Friday but that, night. The, but two of score, those were the, that
1: score was really not indicative.
0: No, it was three-two until the two empty netters. So yeah.
1: now I will tell you quite honestly, mm-hmm. I when they pulled the goaltender, you and I talked about this a little bit during right. the game. We tried to save our discussion for the podcast. <laughs> I would not have pulled the goaltender right then. Yeah, they were they were right close, somewhere between 90 seconds and two minutes left in the game. Now in I understand. Yep. I, I understand. There's no perfect time to pull your goaltender. I just want to qualify this by saying that. However, UNO hadn't really established themselves in the offensive zone. At that point, they really didn't have control of the puck the way I thought it needed to be. I thought they pulled Seville to get the extra attacker on the ice too soon. And when you haven't established yourself in the offensive zone, it doesn't matter how many extra attackers you have on the ice. There's a better than average chance that that's going to end up a goal for the other team. And it did.
0: I Yeah, I don't, I don't mind uh, him. I don't mind Gabnett pulling Seville when he did. I think that good coaches recognize kind of where, their team's strengths are and with the way that play was going we're just just in general we're not really a possession team like we try and sometimes we get it but as a whole I would not consider Omaha a strong puck possession Work it around
1: the offensive zone type of team. Right. You're looking at oh, so, oh, UNO right now as being, you know, they kind of tend to score in transition is probably what you're looking
0: Yeah, at they they more. score off of rushes. And so right. for me, from a coaching standpoint, I would say I'd probably do the same thing with this team that Gabnett did in that you pull him even if you don't have it. Now, execution is where it comes down. I would have rather seen too strong on the puck so that you try to force an errant pass, you try to force a turnover, you try to force, you know, something. Bring the extra attacker into an open lane to try to kind of deceive them to think, right. this is my out. And like you said, on in transition off of that, try to get your scoring opportunity. And it just was such that we were a little bit light, a little bit weak yeah. off, off that. yeah that puck and both times that we pulled them it was pretty quick that they put the puck in our net. Now
1: see me just being a little bit more conservative, Right. careful on that. I would have waited till about the 60 second mark. I would have tried looked to see if the team would establish. Obviously this is a situation that the team has not been in this season. So this was obviously something new and when you're yeah. dealing with a team with a bunch of new guys, we haven't we haven't seen this yet. Right. I would have waited a little longer cuz we had just gotten the the goal to narrow the lead to one goal. So it was three to two at that point. We had momentum on our side. I would have waited a little bit longer. It's a minor quibble.
0: I don't even know know if I'd say it's a quibble because I don't think, as you mentioned when we kind of started this discussion, that there is no good time to do it. So it's really just a, a feel from guys who have more information than those of us in the stands. And there's a lot of people that I've seen say, I would do it. I wouldn't do it. I would do it differently. And we're both saying the same thing.
1: Well, and that is one thing to point out, We have limited information. You you and I, well, in in many respects, maybe we had more information because we're sitting, we've got a bird's eye view at center ice sitting up in the second tier. We can see what's, you know, going on kind of ice sheet all the way across, whereas the coaches are sitting down there behind the bench so they can't see some of those things set up the way that we can. So it's possible, just looking at it from up there, it looks a lot different than when you're down there.
0: Yeah. But they know their players. They know their system. They, you know, I'm not going to... I can say that I would do something differently, but I'm not going to say that well, hindsight's, it's right or wrong. hindsight's right?
1: always 2020, 20, right? Oh, well, of yeah.
0: course. And it's just... It, it's just not a. It's not a right or wrong decision. No, because it's, here's here's the not thing, what we're and just kind like. of
1: kind of playing devil's advocate to my point of view. If you well, don't pull him, and right. U and O isn't able to get any pressure in the offensive zone, then you're like, why didn't you pull him sooner and get the extra attacker right out
0: there? What if you, what if you don't get you know zone time possession sure. until thirty seconds left, and then you don't have enough time to establish anything? <clears throat> I. You know, what if it goes the right way? What if, you know, he comes (laughs) off and it's an errant pass and Ward picks it up and fires it in. And the
1: then you look like a complete genius. Yeah. Right. Totally.
0: I mean, it's, it comes, like I said, comes down to execution. I think, I think more so than the decision, it was the execution of the team, probably because we haven't,
1: haven't been been in that that kind of situation this season. And we got a lot of new guys. Right. So this is, this was a good learning moment. And I think, uh, We'll see. We'll see if we run into a situation like that this uh, upcoming weekend at Western. So, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Friday night was a great performance. I it was re- a
0: physical game. Both nights were game. really physical games. Yeah. I mean, this was this was probably one of the more physical games I've seen for yep. non-conference in a long time. I mean, this was more physical than some conference games at times. There was there was a lot of extracurricular pushing and shoving uh, throughout there was. the game. Um, Seville went down at one point in time on uh, cross the crease move that uh, caught an elbow to the head. They went back yep. and reviewed it and injected uh, the Wisconsin player. Is it just me, um, or
1: does it seem like some of these teams are really interested in kind of running uh, Seville? You know what I'm uh, saying?
0: I would – coaching on the other bench, y- you've got to get in his head. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good enough goaltender if he sees it, he's probably going to stop it. Right. So, you know you need traffic. Yeah. Outside of that, I would say looking at his junior stuff, he can get frazzled with people kind of being in his space. And so I would totally have crossing moves. I'd have guys, big bodies in front, you know, try to limit his lines of sight and limit his movement in the sense of, if I'm standing, hello NCHC so.
1: teams, don't listen to anything that Jason is saying right now. But yeah, there was a lot but, of there was a lot of chippiness going on after the whistle this weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's ways to get around that to, you know, get that space too. And I I know Gabnett knows how to do that because he's done it in previous seasons. So there's ways to clear that the front of the net out, and with some of our defensemen, you can you can do that so and with our transition game yeah if your transition game's on a click it becomes a lot harder to justify putting someone that deep in the zone yeah in a position where they're going to behind be behind the play so quickly right i mean if they don't have speed on your team wisconsin has speed on their team so they could do it and not have to worry because they can get back with caulfield and alex turcotte that was the
1: other one. Yep, Alex Turcott.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, with the two of them, you've got really good talent and good speed. I mean, Turcott showed it. When he have three
1: yeah. three goals on the weekend. Yeah. We heard his name a lot this weekend.
0: And it seemed like if he wasn't scoring the goal, he's the one who passed the puck. to. And we got lucky with Caulfield because he was very frustrated on Saturday, he had some prime opportunities that he missed. I haven't seen him be that flustered in any of the games I've seen Wisconsin play this season. So, hats off to the Mavs for frustrating him, probably Seville.
1: Yeah. And to your question just a few moments ago, turcott did have 3 goals this weekend. I was yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, this is this is Jason's National Championship pick, by the yeah. way. I didn't think, I didn't think, and I'm just, I just, I just got to tease them here a lot. I didn't think they were like that impressive. So, I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be good by the time March rolls around, but I was not, you know, I wasn't awed by that Wisconsin team. And I thought we played with them really well. We skated with them all weekend long.
0: Yeah. Like I said, it's rare that a top team gets all the way there. Right. I picked them because I think they have the talent to make it into the tournament and then. I mean we you saw Caulfield and
1: Turgot, so <laughs> who knows what could happen. They do, they, the do have, they do have they do have some they do have some talented young players on that yeah, roster.
0: The biggest question with them is defense, which I thought their defense did pretty good against Omaha. Yeah. Uh, and goaltending, And that's where I thought they let in some, some weak goals. Yeah. Um, especially on Saturday. Yeah. I thought some of those really should have been saves. So I think that that over time Mhm. If that gets better, they become much more dangerous.
1: Exactly. We'll see. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping they turn out like Boston College last year cuz Jason picked them <laughs> and it was a complete dumpster fire uh, out there in uh in Massachusetts. So, I just, you know, I just want to be able to tease them all season long. So, <laughs> Wisconsin, if you fold to the rest of the Big Ten, I won't be disappointed. John'll be happy. <laughs> I'll be happy. I'll be like, yeah, well, that's. Although that's we, what I get although for we coming. did, we did beat, we did split with them. We did beat them on Saturday night, so we kind of need them to do fairly well to help our uh, pairwise ranking comparison later on. So, yeah, you know, it was it was a great weekend for the team. Saturday night, just talking a little bit about that. I thought UNO came out on fire. I thought they played really well. Uh, there were moments where you wondered, but he, I, I give them credit. They they came out relentless and they were ready to go.
0: They overcame some penalty trouble, which we have been in a lot of penalty trouble this year.
1: That's kind of that's that's the story, and that was the story last season. And it's the story this season too, and I think that was that was one of the factors on Friday night. They've got to they've got to avoid Stay some of those silly box. penalties. Yeah, and just like unnecessary because five on five I'll tell you right now we can play with anybody in the country
0: yeah they're playing really well five on five and our power plays pretty effective yep so you know teams are going to play a little tighter to their chest not wanting to give you that opportunity
1: yeah it's something I mean Isaiah Seville said this in the Friday press conference he's like you know we're a team that wants to grind out wins and wear down our opponents and mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. If they keep playing like they are, and keep training, and keep developing, and keep listening to what Coach Gabinette and Coach Noel Bernier and Coach Gerard say this season, they can become that kind of team in the second half. So.
0: And, I mean, Saturday's game, Saturday's game was three-two at the end of the second. Yeah. I mean, two goals, in the first what in the first quarter of the third period is what kind of set it away for the Mavs because I thought going into the third period I was a little like we might have to like bite our nails and cross our fingers and toes and pray we squeak out of here with a win and then within about five minutes it seemed we were up by
1: three and coasting. Yeah, Martin Sunberg got that nice little goal there. He had a nice one. Yeah, that was great. It was just it was just sitting right there in the crease, and he puts that in. There was one early. I'll tell you what the second goal by uh, in that game, in the uh, Saturday game by Kevin Conley, and it was that was that was it was really God, I loved watching the replay of that where Abate just kind of puts the puck through the Wisconsin goaltender's feet, mm-hmm. and then Conley's there to put it away.
0: Great goal. I loved the third one. Weiss kind of did what Weiss does. And yep. my favorite part was the his his confidence seems higher this season than was He had a great
1: year. weekend. He makes he the great pass from,
0: from the kind of coming out of the corner around the back of the net, uh, and it goes out to Abate. Yep. And it just, I was watching Weiss going, he hasn't even shot the puck yet, and you're yep. like, gloating that it's going to be a goal and sure enough it's in and he's just like it was just that confidence of like i g- he gave him the puck in a prime scoring place yeah on a a guy who's got a hot stick right now and yep it worked out the way we wanted ends up being the game winning goal so Abate's is leading the ncaa his fourth
1: game winning goal leading the ncaa He's just awesome. Got a knack
0: for it. It's he has. It's good, and not all of them have been this kind of. You know, I score in the second period, and it holds on to end up being no the game winner. You know, some of them really were game winning goals where Absolutely. it's tied where and they, they got it.
1: where they needed that goal in the third period. Absolutely. So that's been that's that's been, been an oppressive a, a little development for the team this season, and he's a, he's a great player. I love watching him play. So should we
0: talk? Players of the weekend.
1: Yeah, our standout player of the weekend. I'll let you go first.
0: Since I stole, the since one you were stole bolded. my
1: player of the weekend. But hey, yes, I, go ahead. I
0: did ask you if you knew who you're going to pick, and
1: gave you a chance to steal. <laughs> you knew I was going to say. I didn't want you to have to come. I, I yeah.
0: I come up. I I wanted with wanted I
1: wanted to toss that up to you and let it let you spike it down. So
0: Nolan Sullivan, I Nolan would say. Nolan Sullivan, yeah, was. My top uh, a goal on Friday, two assists on Saturday. His
1: first collegiate goal, by the yeah. way. Congratulations on that, Nolan Sullivan.
0: Keep that puck. the The thing that impressed me the most is playing center. He was defensively aware. He knew when to jump up. He I I didn't feel he was out of position very frequently. Everyone's going to be out of position every right. once in a while, uh, but it seemed like. He was pretty good at making sure he was where he needed to be when he needed to be there. And one of the Achilles heels for this team the last few years has been our inability to win face-offs. Right. And at one point in time, he was 100% in the period. He finished the weekend above 60% in the face-off dot. And if he can keep doing that, I think that he's got a good permanent role somewhere in the depth chart, hopefully somewhere high
1: with. I believe he was seven for seven in mm-hmm. the first period on faceoffs. And that's the thing. We need a faceoff wizard on this team. You and I saw him play with the Muskegon Lumberjacks last season. Right, when we season, went to the Lancers was, game last season. He was season. right in front of us, and I got like three or four pictures of the guy taking faceoffs because that's what he did all game, and the guy won faceoffs.
0: Yeah. And I'm a little. That was kind of. <laughs> when I grew up and played hockey, that was my thing. My coach is always like. You're not the talent out here. You're not gonna, you know, score 60 goals. Right. I'm not that guy. He's like, I need you to win faceoffs, block shots, occasionally, dish in a goal, and that that was my job. So I I can appreciate someone who knows. Look, this is this is my skill set.
1: See, you should you should have volunteered it, so. to be the enforcer on your team. I'll just go out <laughs> there and take guys out and sit in the box the rest of the, <laughs> the game. That's the what game. I'll do. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a great guy, and I—I'll tell you what, he's had some—he's uh, had some good shot opportunities, and I—I think he's—I think he's, he's going to become.
0: And I remember when we were sitting in the stands at that Lancers game, yep, with Muskegon there, we both agreed and both said that his ability in the face-off dot was going to be a huge asset yeah. coming into Omaha. So it's nice to see that kind of work out. Well,
1: and he played really well. One of the forwards on Muskegon at that time was Brock Bremer, who is mm-hmm. now with the Lincoln Stars, and he'll be coming to UNO. I, I believe next season, maybe it's the season after. I never, you never can tell with these recruits, but those two played really, really well together yeah. and they had a great chemistry. So I'm excited to see them reunited next season with the Mavericks. But so far, Nolan Solomons looked great. So, so who's your backup pick? My backup pick and I wanted, and I'm just going to, my apologies to, you o defenseman, I wanted to pick a defenseman. So I'm, I'm going to give a shout out before I give my pick to uh, Brandon Scanlon and Kirby Proctor I thought they both played really well this weekend. I know Proctor isn't as, as flashy offensively as Scanlon is, but I, I'll tell you what, Proctor's a guy who if, if you, and a lot of fans aren't going to know this, but you've watched, he does little things right throughout the game, and it makes a huge difference. So I love those two guys. I almost picked Scanlon because I love Scanny. One of my favorite players this season. But I got to go again, and I picked him, I believe I picked him last week. I got to go with Joey Abate again. He's just too much fun to watch. I got to go with him.
0: And lead the league in game-winning goals. I mean, it's hard not to pick him.
1: Game-winning goals. It's hard not to pick him. And uh, your friend and my friend, Kevin Shreves, said this about him this morning on Twitter. He said he busts his ass every shift. I respect that. I agree. I respect that, too he's so much fun to watch and he's been a difference maker this season and and of all the recruits we weren't talking a lot about him coming in but but yeah. I I'll tell you he hustles every play and he puts himself in a position to to score and to make a difference and I've loved watching him this season. I know you've enjoyed watching him and I think yeah. he's becoming a uh, quickly become a fan favorite.
0: And I think when we talk about coach Gabnett and his comments about you know, play the right way and put in the work and the work ethic. And you know, we hear that a lot in, yep. in press conferences and and media events and things like that. And I think that Abate kind of exemplifies that, you know? Exactly. Like this is the kind of kid that he didn't come in here with all-star expectations, um, but he's willing to do what he needs to do day in and day exactly. out to see this through and, and to produce and, and be part of a winning team and, you know, he's a, a big reason why we sit where we sit in the standings yep. and have a lot of, I think his fans should have a lot of excitement, yeah and expectation for the rest of the season.
1: There' are a lot of as as one of Bridget and I our, our friend Brandy Teeter said, it reminds it reminds us of watching uh, the UNO teams of old. It reminds us of those teams from ten, twelve years ago. it's they're a lot of fun. They're not perfect, but they work hard. It's a lot of fun to watch them. So great job on the weekend. I still think they could have gotten the sweep, but I'll take a split against Wisconsin any day. So that was a great weekend for them.
0: So we had some nice additions to the fan experience this weekend. Yeah. Uh, We had a new hype video.
1: The new intro video this year.
0: It was pretty. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. What What do you give it? Four food. Rotten Tomatoes, five Rotten Tomatoes. What are we doing? Can we this? say Rotten Tomatoes? On a scale of what? Then we just get a like copyright
1: flag on us. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. Don't, know, yeah don't do that. We don't want Rotten Tomatoes coming after Kay. us. Don't listen to anything Un-rotten we're saying, rotten Tomatoes. Tomato- yeah. yeah. So what on a scale of what? You want me to give it a letter grade? You want me to give it on a scale of like one to five stars? Scale of one to ten? What do you want me to give
0: one to five hockey pucks.
1: One to five hockey pucks? This is
0: a hockey podcast. We I'll, give, I'll like give it like four
1: hockey pucks. You'll give it four hockey pucks? Yeah, I don't I don't really I will be honest with you. I'm not a person who really gets worked up one way or another about the intro video. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was cool. You know, one of the things I will say that I liked. I liked the fact that it kind of it gave a little bit of a nod back to um, the Xarbin properties original yeah. original being, which was as a, a racetrack. That was a huge tourist attraction. Um, here in Omaha years and years ago on the Exarvin property and then uh, they also had like a, a, an arena and ballroom and the Omaha Lancers played in the arena and if those of you out there listening never got to see an Omaha Lancers game at Exarban Coliseum it was great it smelled of you know cigarette butts and stale beer and it was just this really blue collar you know you know, rough and tough right. atmosphere it was great and it was they an old school barn. Yeah, and much, they had yeah. like a sellout streak for years. They were like the the Nebraska Cornhuskers of hockey here cuz that was the only hockey entity and wow, I was great going to a game and that's part of what led to UNO developing their program. They saw that it could be viable. So I like the video. That was good.
0: I I think I go with you. I don't I don't really have, I don't know what I like I don't
1: know what I'm expecting. No. I well,
0: I, don't, I don't know what to compare it to. That's my thing is like I think it's on par with stuff we've had before. I like yeah. you. I kind of like the idea that you, you kind of tossed back to, you know, early days in the program. I, I always think that's kind of a, a cool thing to do for right. the, the media people that are exactly. there to be. You know, something we haven't talked about that I actually think is kind of cool is the new graphics that they have when they introduce the players like the starting lineup and stuff. Those are
1: cool, yeah. It's it's really nice because really like it has the their little signature. signature. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And
0: it has the flag of what country they come from.
1: Which, that's really helpful too. That's mm-hmm. nice, yeah. I like the one to see thing,
0: that. The one thing I wish it had is I wish it, it had their year in school. It used to in last year, but I didn't see it.
1: See, I don't know. I haven't studied it. There's, there's some information going up the side of the yeah. image. So I haven't...
0: When I looked at it at the last game, I didn't okay. see year in school on there and, and maybe that's where it is and I just overlooked it and and
1: I will study that there, at the next home series I and think, see if it yeah. uh, tells
0: cuz I think that's a, they are that stuff's pretty pretty cool introductions
1: Yeah, for, I know. I, I love I love the little stuff, signature so. thing they have there. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty, great.
0: Yeah. It's a nice touch. Uh we also had some well I don't know, back kind of become a no longer a non-smoking facility you could say I,
1: no yeah do you call, fog do you call, horns. can you call that yeah so baxter arena is now vaping apparently
0: <laughs> we're, we're jumping on the vaping <laughs> trend Yeah, the,
1: the rest of the world is jumping off baxter arena is jumping on so what do we call those do we call those fog machines fog horns well they did have a horn the, i'm they like, kind of like a, did, was it did they just
0: sound the arena horn or did the do they actually have
1: horns on those foggers. I think that they no. I think that they made.
0: I think they actually have a I think horn they made on the, the floggers. Yeah,
1: I think it's. I think it's with the 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 pressure or whatever of the fog coming, and they have these in all four corners, right down by the the grill. Right. And so I, know, like, I
0: noticed that I kept looking to the right. I guess I'd never looked to our left. So I know they have them down by the student section and that stuff. Yes,
1: and they do have them in the, uh, I I guess that would be the north end too. Okay. So they have them down there too. Okay. And, you know, so, when, something, yeah. when something cool happens and the, the team comes out or we score a goal, you know, Fog is shot out. Look, here's what I'll say. <laughs> For a year, I look. I'm the guy who runs the devil's fan site where people complain and do all that stuff all the time. So for years, everybody's, you know, over the years, everybody's like, oh, we got to do more to enhance the atmosphere and make it a better atmosphere. And then a lot of times they'll try stuff and everybody's like, well, we wanted a better atmosphere, but we didn't want that, right. you know, so. In this instance, I'm just gonna say I'm glad that they're trying something new. I'm glad that they're trying something to make it kind of a fun, unique environment. Because honestly, I haven't seen those at any other college hockey venue I've been to, so I'm totally down with that. As far as I know, a lot of a lot of college hockey venues, it's pretty pretty pedestrian. What they, I mean, you know, some of them don't even have bands. So we're, I, I feel very fortunate that we got a pep band back when we moved to uh baxter arena so i i was totally down with them now i'm sure that other people have a myriad of opinions what are your thoughts
0: my first thought was you can you
1: can give I, it to me yeah i want to I, I, be honest i watched
0: their tw- like their announcement thing on like i saw well, their see, announcement they, thing they, on they teased
1: it because we were they te- yeah now, now here's why i thought it was going to be an inflatable okay because when the team used to have an inflatable that they would skate out through. Right. They would take fire extinguishers and they you know, right. Un- release the
0: fire the CO2, extinguishers, right. Or
1: whatever it is. And it would create like a smoke kind of like a fog thing for the players to skate out through. So when I saw that little video clip that they put on the at Omaha HKY put on their Twitter account, I thought, "Ooh, maybe they're bringing back a new inflatable." And so I, I put that out there and a lot of people liked that. And I probably, you know, I may have gotten my expectations a little too high, but really what they showed us on the video was what we got.
0: Yeah. I think that, that, that was my problem. (laughs) It's like, I saw it and I, like, I had these expectations of like, if you've ever, if you've ever been in like an old school community rink. Okay. First thing in the morning. When the ice has been sitting there all night and it's gotten really humid and you go in and it's just this dense fog in the building right? where like, it was really cool. You could shoot pucks and stuff through it and get trails. And it was just the common saying is, you know, fog so thick you can cut it with a knife. And Uh it was kind of that way. I had set my expectations like, we're going to get fog. The entire arena is going to get fog. (laughs) This is going to be Awesome. (laughs)
1: So Jason basically, didn't and then want was us, like, Jason didn't want us to be able to see the game at all Friday or Saturday night in two sixteen because I wanted, the, like, fog the fog would have, the fog would have lifted lifting. up to our section and we would just have to look through a haze the whole night. So, so Jason wanted this to be true. You know, <laughs> we're f- fogging out Baxter. Arena I wanted night.
0: to like, yeah, I wanted like a contact high from the fog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Jason really did want Baxter arena to vape this last weekend. <laughs> I mean, I wanted, you're going to do this, like go all out here. So,
0: and we didn't get that.
1: Well, so Jason's recommendation would be that you just crank those things on and leave them on for about five minutes. And or,
0: the other thing I thought was, I, the timing of it, I, I wanted them to be like over the top, annoying when, right when we scored a goal that end of the rink just that end of the rink and just blare them for
1: with the the smoke fog stuff just coming
0: out just really and like shine some lights through it and stuff and really make it like you could kind of have like score it's like this huge deal right see
1: maybe they should have gotten the things that shoot out the flame
0: yeah you know you've seen those
1: (laughs) where you you can feel the heat four sections away (laughs) jason was just jason's got you know pyromania going on here
0: yeah yeah
1: so anyway don't put me in charge of this well i think they'll work on it who knows what they'll do when uh you know a big name team like north dakota's i just i give them credit because i will tell you i've been one of those people online who's been critical so i give them credit for trying something new and trying something different it's 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 unique with what i've seen at the other arenas in the nchc so i'm you know Kudos to them for, you know, enhancing spirit. We'll J- say it's Jason a step would, in the right direction. Yeah, Jason would like for it to just be, you know, total fog in the arena so that we're...
0: I say it's a cool thing that you did. Just, you know, turn it from 1 to 100 and we'll be okay.
1: Jason wants to overwhelm the ventilation system at Baxter <laughs> Arena. Yes. I want to
0: set off the fire extinguishers for our fog machines.
1: Well, maybe we can get you that gig if they ever do get an inflatable again. You know, Jason no, wants to be one no. of the guys down on the ice who uh, no way unleashes the a, CO2. No one, well, they're no way anyone there is
0: stupid enough to put me in charge you know, of things like I that. You know, I mean, if they
1: if they offered one of those things like Ohio State does where you can, you know, get a tour of the locker room, maybe they could let you bid on, you know, shooting off the fire extinguishers if they ever do that. But I will say, I give <laughs> them credit. Please over someone overbid, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whose idea it was, but I... I give them credit for uh, creativity and trying yeah. to do something fun, and I I hope they continue to make enhancements to the game atmosphere throughout the season because that's something they need to do because otherwise it becomes stale after a while. So and
0: part of that is they're announcing the referees in the ice are announcing penalties and calls and goal reviews and, that, and that's things new like this that, year. Yeah, I really like. I like I too. I like that.
1: having that explained. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, so the other thing that was new that I knew absolutely nothing about, and I'm sure that you looked at me going, why is he giving me this stupid look, uh, was apparently we we're recycling old milk cartons.
1: Yeah. So you were not back. You, you were I, not around back during the day when we no, had this was, this was milk jug my time. noise shakers. So yeah, in the North, um, North end of the concourse, um, near kind of the main entrance where the the team shop is and that kind of stuff. They had a couple tables set up with milk jugs from Highland Dairy.
0: They were empty, by the way, because you're not allowed to bring in liquids.
1: They, yeah, they (laughs) they were not full of milk. They were not giving away milk that had been sitting there for two and a half hours, you know, in, you know, room temperature. That would have, that would have been... (laughs) That they brought in in their clear bags. That would have been, uh, that would have been a food poisoning waiting to happen. But anyway, (laughs) but anyway, so... Back in the year 2000, and this was, this was back when UNO had started their uh, early season tournament called the Maverick Stampede. And the Maverick Stampede came about because Mike Kemp had been involved. Uh, he'd been in a longtime assistant at Wisconsin, and they had the Badger Showdown at holidays every year. And so he wanted to do a preseason tournament. And UNO was able to do it because we were Alaska's travel partner in the CCHA. So because we played at Alaska every season, we got two exempted games. So the Stampede was kind of our two extra exempted games. And so that's why we did it. So that first year, um, Country Inn & Suites was a sponsor. I was out there at the news conference because I was on the Blue Line Club Board of Directors at the time. And the opponents that year, it was it was a good slate. We had Boston College, we had Notre Dame, and we had Niagara. And I remember Mike Kemp kind of joking at the time because UNO started off as a a protestant university before it uh, became a public a public institution and um and the other three schools niagara notre dame and boston college were catholic schools so he's like you know we're the we're the protestant schools (laughs) fighting a battle (laughs) against the uh, catholic schools but one of the things that they did was they introduced these milk jug noise shakers so as part of the blue line club board we went to a we went to a, a kind of a, a, an, an old building that had kind of warehouse space, and it was between uh, 50th Street and Saddle Creek along Dodge. And it was on the south side, and I can't remember what the building was. I don't know if it was a building that was for sale or lease, and one of the Booster Club members maybe owned that building. But we put together all of these uh, milk jugs from Robert's Dairies, and they had a special Maverick Stampede sticker on it. And then there were these little round circles that you could fill with special Maverick stickers that they would give you after games. And I think maybe it was after games that UNO won. I can't remember that program for, for sure. But every time UNO scored, they encouraged you to put change in the milk jug noise shaker. And then at the end of the season, they collected that change. And they donated the money to charity. So a couple of the scratched players at the end of the season who weren't playing in the final game would stand with big buckets outside the um, entrances at the civic auditorium, and you could pour your money in there. But they were a great noisemaker. You fill those things with just you know a few coins, and you shake them up and down. They're they're loud. They're loud like a cowbell, and you get a bunch of people using those. They're fantastic. And in the early days of the program, I remember when we would take the math bus trips bridget had a big bag full of those milk jugs with coins in them that she would hand out to the 50 or so people that we uh, that we took on the bus trips so that they could mm-hmm. you know irritate fans in opposing arenas with those things so it was kind nice. of a neat thing and it made made UNO hockey really unique and it just kind of sort of died off over the years, but I, I hope maybe this is a kind of a serious attempt to bring those back because it's kind of fun. So a lot of people don't know the history of that. And uh, if if you have any questions for me, I would be happy to answer.
0: Well so I guess obviously not I mean I get the concept. Yeah. Um did like- they promote like did they did you promote it from the Blue Lane Cub? Did you have yeah
1: it was like announcements so, or something so here's at the thing. game I or... think I told you and I I skipped this part but I think I told you we put together we put stickers on right. like 8000 of these milk jugs and then we right. put and then we put a little note inside the milk jug that explained what exactly you were to do with the milk jug and we put them out on every seat before that that first stampede game so that fans would know what to do with them and try to make an intimidating atmosphere. So yes, it was definitely promoted and it was promoted throughout the season about you know adding new change to your milk jug when UNO scored a goal or UNO won a game. I can't remember exactly what the...
0: I mean, that's obviously not having been around back in those days. I don't know if we were even in Omaha back then. What years did you say you did? 2000
1: was the first year. Yeah, we weren't here yet. Yeah.
0: So as a comparatively new fan of UNO Hockey League, the explanation of what's going on, I think, is lacking. And it kind of makes me worry if if this is just a... It's going to end up being a dud because they're not really putting the power behind it. They just because have the tables sitting this. there, yeah. And quite honestly, until you're doing your story now about it, like I didn't know that it was a charity thing because th- that's cool. Like put the money in there, and at the end of the season, you can.
1: And again, I don't know if they're doing dump anything. it on the ice or something. I don't know if they're cool. doing anything charitable with it now or not. I, I don't, don't have know. Any idea? I don't. But know.
0: But that's that's a good question: is why not? Jason promote wants it on to, the big screen.
1: Jason wants you to promote it like you promoted it almost 20 years ago. It's uh
0: at least just let yeah. me know. You know, grab a jug, fill it for I don't know, kids with cancer and Saint Jude. I don't know what you're what you're supporting. Like tell me what you're supporting, because <laughs> I think a lot of times like you make it snowmaker, I'm like, yeah, I got you know, I I got my cowbells. I'm okay, right? Right. right. But then you say like at the end of the season, we're going to give the money to Kit. Heck yeah, I'm getting involved in that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was the early years. That's why it worked really well. And that's why people would bring those things game after game. And the thing is, when you're shaking those jugs with a bunch of change in them, and people would put washers and other... I mean, they wouldn't donate that, you know, the non-money. But, you know, they would have to, like, you know, duct tape the bottom of the milk jug. Because after a while of shaking those things you know, the bottom would pretty much deteriorate. So, but they promoted it really well back then. And, and, uh, it caught on pretty well. I mean, there were some, people. you know, how some people are, they're irritated yeah. by noisemakers at all. Some people were just kind of pissed off by the milk jugs, but this one, they just kind of had a table with some set out. And I don't know if they just had those t- that this weekend because they had that president's reception, Um, on the practice rink for people who donate over a certain amount of money i don't know if it was just for them kind of as a fun thing and then they set them up in the lobby or if those are going to be there every week i think it obviously something like that works better if you're going to set one on every seat in baxter arena and you do it before a game that's like a big series where you know most of the seats are going to be full right you know that type it it it's hard to know. I don't know. You know, you're one of the, you're one of the, you know, modern people today who right. probably doesn't carry money around. So it might be hard to get people to put change. Oh, in I so have. Much.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have, we have change here in the house. I will certainly. Jason can have talk. Them, but
1: yeah. No, I'm not. I don't. Jason. Yeah. Jason. Cash, like Apple pay everywhere or whatever the heck he's doing. Those right. of us who are old school, who still like, you know, cash, we would have change to do that. So. So, yeah, so so we will, I'll talk about it a little bit more as the season goes on, but uh, but I thought you might enjoy the history of that, and some of the fans out there who are kind of new to UNO hockey and are younger fans might enjoy that. So, back in the day, back in the old day, kids, (laughs) back in the old days, this is totally the okay boomer section of the Mad Punk, right? Yeah, this is John likes to talk about the olden days, so yep. But it was kind of cool to see him back. It it, yeah. it reminded me of that, so I'm I'm well, happy to be able to explain that to you.
0: Sounds like an awesome idea, and I appreciate
1: yeah. the. And I'll tell you what, those, those things are loud too. They they. I can imagine. And it, I mean, it's kind of you to the unique... jug full, and then it doesn't make any sense at And much at all, like right? much like our fog noise dispensers, it's kind of one of those unique things that was uniquely UNO back during those years. So it was that was kind of fun. So.
0: I like a loud arena. I yeah, anything we go to, right. I just. I've had plenty of friends who said that their problem going to see Arizona Coyotes NHL games is that that arena apparently just isn't loud. It's dead. And there's just something to be said for a lot of people cheering and carrying on and a good PA system that, you know. Right. Carries you through that. Yep.
1: Yeah, so if you would like a special decal for your milk jugs, since these oh. did not have a special decal, they just had the Highland Dairy thing, we could probably make some, you know, Mavpuck decals that you could stick on there. So we could Yeah, there is an idea. Yeah, there you go. Okay.
0: Patreon. That's part of the That's Patreon. right. The people
1: people can collect money. <laughs> money in the jugs and then they can donate it in a, you know go they could pour it in Bridget's clear plastic bag <laughs> at the end of the season so Jason can upgrade our equipment for this podcast. <laughs> exactly right so so next series yeah speaking of series that remind me of the old days of UNO hockey when they were in the Central Collegiate Hockey Association we're headed up to Kalamazoo to take on the Western Michigan Broncos this week
0: Road trip
1: you know that's one of my favorite road trips now that you bring it up and and one of our favorite bus trips we went up there in 2006. And this was one of those deals where UNO needed a point or two to secure fourth place in the CCHA standings. And at that point, the way that the CCHA playoffs worked, there were 12 teams in the conference. The teams that finished one through four got a bye week in the first round of the playoffs. And then five through 12 were seeded, where five played 12. They essentially, they reseeded. So those five through 12 played each other the first weekend. And then the winners of those, those games went on to play the teams that finished one through four. So suffice it to say UNO did not finish fourth despite needing a couple of points. So we had to go on the road next week, but I remember Krutov, who is the Mav Boney driver mm-hmm. that everybody enjoys watching him come out on the little Mav Boney that he built to pick up the fish. Mm-hmm. UNO scores the first goal. He comes up to me and this would have been the Saturday night game. And if I recall correctly, he guaranteed a win. He's like, I'm telling you what right now, John, UNO is going to win this game, and if they don't win this game, I'm going to streak around the bus. <laughs> sure enough, Krutov was a man of his word. Bridget and I were still in the arena talking to some of the officials, and we come out and everybody's laughing on the bus. He streaked around the bus in the parking lot at Lawson Ice Arena in Kalamazoo. Was this the
0: days before cell phone
1: video? This was, oh No. No, people captured pictures of this, but it was, it was 2006. So it was before we had the kind of phones that we have now. Otherwise somebody I'm sure would have Facebook live that thing. So <laughs> anyway, one of my so favorite series, shut and, down. Well, and the other thing I loved about that series, that was when Scott Parse played for UNO and Bill and Judy Parse uh, lived in a suburb right around Kalamazoo. And when we got to our hotel, cause they knew we were coming up, cause we've been talking about it online. everybody was very excited. One of the meeting rooms at the hotel had, um, snacks and pop and beer for the fans waiting for them when we got to the hotel. And I thought that was super sweet. It was building cool. Judy Parse who got that for our bus trippers. So it's a, it's a favorite trip of mine. My niece Hannah was also a uh, division one gymnast at, at uh, Western Michigan for four years. So I've been to Kalamazoo quite a bit. This is a big series coming up. This is the first NCHC series for our team this season. Jason loves that. I segued to take another trip down memory lane there this is a big series. This is a team that uh, we had success against last season, despite our struggles last season. It's a team that uh, we don't always love playing because sometimes they can be an incredibly frustrating foe, and you have to deal with the student section, the Lawson Lunatics, when you're up there. So
0: and the bigger ice.
1: I don't know. Do they have? I don't know if they have Olympic ice or not. I don't know if I they thought have
0: Western league. Michigan was one that I know St. Cloud is, but I thought Western Michigan was the other one. Northern Michigan has an Olympic Northern ice Michigan.
1: sheet. Yeah. So Western's oh, got okay. the, Western's got the NHL. NHL seat, so you don't have to okay. worry about, that. although you know, it's his been... in, in over the years has play well, So you don't have to worry about that there, but it's, it's an old barn. It's like a 1970s era facility. Like a number of those um, kind of old CCHA foes. So Western Michigan coming in, I think or Western Michigan, we're coming, we're going, we're going into going Western there. Michigan. What do you think?
0: I, It'll be an interesting test to me because I think they're in a similar position to UNO as far as like where we sit in the standing yep. and, and kind of how we've played. And yep. I think they had more expectation. I think people yeah. expect more out of that team. They do. So they've got a little bit more to play for because, you know, if we beat them, it's kind of. I, there'll be a lot of people that say that we got lucky, right? Right. Um, if they beat us, it's well, you're supposed to beat Omaha. They're not supposed to be very good and you're at home and that's just, you know, what's yeah, supposed one, to happen. They're one of those
1: teams. You know, before last season, I remember Mike Gabinette said he thought that they were possibly the best team in the conference last yeah, season. I remember Obviously him they, that, they yeah. didn't live up to the hype. But they've I, got a lot of those they've got a lot of those names that you and I have heard on that roster over the past several years guys like Hugh McGing, Dawson D'Petro. Yeah, they've got a lot of really good forwards on that roster. But, you know, record-wise they're 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 similar to us. They're they're 5-3 and 2. You know, they're 2-1 at home, they're 2-2 two, two and 1 away. I don't know. This you... is this is a tough one. I mean, you know me. I've I basically other than that that Trip out to Ohio State earlier in the season. I basically picked UNO is going to sweep every series this season. So,
0: so the things to to look at for me is they tied Ohio State in their their game against Ohio State. Yeah, and then the they finished the icebreaker with Bowling Green, and then they have a yeah, home they, and, and they home beat
1: they them. and they beat Bowling Green five to two, and then they right, had a then, home and home against Bowling Green, and they lost both of those games.
0: Right. So it's kind of a, I don't know. i
1: They're all over the place. Like if you look at the next series, then they, they, they played at they Michigan October Michigan. 25th and 26th. They lose four to nothing at Michigan. And then they get Michigan at Lawson Ice right. Arena and they win four to one. They're, one of the things that I noticed about them last season, and I think we've talked about on this podcast before, is that they're a team that plays well in Kalamazoo. They're their the results have been kind of spotty on the road. Although they did and, go out and have a good series at Colorado College and I watched well, that on NCHC TV. But again Yeah,
0: I it, thought that they they had a good Friday game. They led up on Saturday. Well,
1: and the thing was Colorado College was up in that game on Friday and they just came back and you know, unleashed a string of goals.
0: The part that worries me is is that they had a home and home with Ferris State. Right. And they did they did well at home. They did really well on the road.
1: And, and I'll tell you right now, Ava Glaben Ice Arena, where Ferris State, Bridget and I have been there two or three times. That is a tough place to go in and play. No matter how good or not good Ferris State is, it's tough. And they mm-hmm. they rolled. They won 8-2. to two.
0: Yeah. So I guess the question is, is how do they rebound from that? Like, you're on a high point. Yeah. You know, you played a good series. You played both home and away. You took care of business. Now you've got UNO coming in. I think.
1: I think they're going to prior take this... to this
0: prior yeah. to our Wisconsin series. Western Michigan is probably thinking like, this should be a team. We,
1: we should, should be able be. to beat at home. The problem is, though, they struggled against us last season in a season mm-hmm. where we only won nine games. So. You know what I'm and saying, Jason? This is they—they might—they might be motivated here.
0: It's kind of a classic Andy Murray team, too. Yeah, they're a bit of a trap team. They're—they're they're a bit of a, a push and pinch kind of old school. They, they play kind of a like, physical
1: game. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a lot of you know. It's a lot of a puck movement. Exactly. Progression, but they've got they, a, they've,
1: they've got a stable of really good forwards, right? And that's
0: you know, and so can we can we handle that? Is the question the right. way we played against Michigan or Wisconsin this past weekend makes me think that we can go into Western Michigan and take care of business right I don't know that that means we I, I will say that I think we split
1: yeah I'm gonna agree with that I think we split too
0: I am so what do you think Friday? Or, I'm I'm struggling with. Do we win I, Friday? Or do we win I, Saturday? I,
1: I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean,
0: I'm gonna say. I think I'd say win Friday. I, I'm I think almost that we surprise with you. Them maybe a yeah. little
1: bit, and then they'll just be pissed off on Saturday, and that that might. And ruin they'll take the care challenge.
0: of this, and we'll just yeah.
1: I mean that. The, I'll tell you what. Well, having watched a little bit of them this season, and having watched us this season, I mean that could turn into the, both of those games could turn into a shootout. Between those two teams, they no,
0: could also um, be one nothing games.
1: Well, that would be really interesting for U and O to be in that kind of a game because we really have not seen that type of a game develop this season. I, I tell you what, it's it's hard to make it's hard to make absolute statements when you're talking about an NCHC matchup, right? And it's hard to have an expectation whether you're the home team or whether you're the away team um, about getting a sweep of any kind in this conference. That's just awfully difficult to do. So I think a split is a I think that's a reasonable prediction on the part of both of us.
0: Do you think that's a good thing for this team? What do you mean? I mean, does it... Does it help us? Does it hurt us? Is it a wash?
1: What do you mean, if we split? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know me, I'd like to sweep every <laughs> sweep <Right>. every game. <laughs> but... You know, I would say I think a split on the road is always the way that you want to go. You know, it's the old adage of sweep at home and split on the road. You know, we didn't sweep against Wisconsin, but we played well enough to sweep. Mm. I think I, I think for your first non- NCHC series, you just have to have positive results. I mean, as long as we don't go in there and, and have a, a result like uh, they did, uh, Western Michigan did against Ferris State last weekend where they, they rolled up an 8-2 win on them. I mean, I think... You know, at that point, I think a split is good.
0: If it's non-conference, I kind of think a split might be a question mark generator. You know, why did why didn't you get two wins? Well, especially if it's against you... a team
1: like a, like an Alaska or a right. Huntsville or that type of
0: thing. This is NCHC. Yeah. To me, I think I actually think that a split's a win for this group because we do. This young of a team, the question becomes, you know, where do we stand against teams that are in our conference? Yep. And Western Michigan is predicted to be...
1: One of the top teams in the conference this year.
0: Better than half, right? Yep. So I think you could come away with that with saying a split, saying we go toe-to-toe with a team that's in the top half. Yep. If we can keep listening to coach, playing the way we're told to play, doing the things we need to do, doing the little things right then we've got a legitimate chance to prove John right and be a fifth place and safety. Fifth place in the
1: co I I'll tell you what, every every series we play, isn't that seeming like it's a more reasonable prediction?
0: It gets closer and closer, it seems That's right.
1: Well we're five, two, and one right now. Yeah. Need to go in there and have success. I just I think we Uh, need to Again, it's
0: but it's again it goes back to the it's one thing to have success outside of the conference. It's a whole nother thing to have success inside the conference,
1: and that's what we haven't seen yet. We have not seen them against our peer institutions in the NCHC, and that's who we're going to play the meat of our season against. And they Enders. need to they need to establish a tone early on right. that they're that they're going to be a team that's going to be able to. Uh, they you know, need to be a force to reckon teams. with, yeah.
0: Because this is I don't know very many people who would argue against this being the top conference in. NCAA hockey
1: in my mind. There's no question. Obviously I'm biased, but I think just watching the other conferences and you look at the postseason success and honestly you look at the regular season success in my mind. This is the premier college and conference ho- college conference hockey. It's the premier conference in college hockey. And so I think, you know, their first conference series of the season. Sure. It's on the road. It's at a tough place to play I Lost loss ice arena, but this is an opportunity for them to set the tone Going into the meat of our conference season and look, you do well in this series and then you get Miami at it at home mm-hmm. in a couple weeks here. So anything's possible. They just need to keep racking up the wins and and having success because it'll 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 mean a lot of good things can happen in the second half of the season if they All do right. that.
0: So we are in agreement
1: split split Win Friday win Saturday. Maybe I should have been bold and just said we're going to sweep this weekend. Might as well. Right? Let's do it what guys. You got to Let's go there. Let's sweep those bastards. So in the meantime, if you want to follow all of that action on the road this weekend, be sure to follow Puck on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Sign up for an account on the Mabpuck.com website and you can find links to all of this stuff there. And until next time, go maps Go Mavs. Go Mavs. <laughs>